Welcome back, everyone, to Dinging Corners, a baseball podcast powered by Slab Stocks. I'm your host, Nate, and we are here today with Jimbo. Jimbo, what's up? How we doing? What's up, man? Long time. Hey-o. Big news. Big news on the Dinging Corners podcast front, and it is Jimbo's birthday today. It sure is. Getting sure older. Is. Older by the day. Um, what is it? Adding another year on my uh, on the back of my baseball card. I like it. A- age twenty nine season or whatever they say. Uh, that being said, I did promise Jimbo I'd sing to him Uh-oh. on the podcast, and uh, I've got a little serenade for you, everyone Ooh. else. I'm sorry that you have to listen to this. Uh, I had a I had a teacher <clears throat> back in back in high school. They used to sing this song. I'm going to sing it in his voice, and everyone is about to have to endure the same thing that Jimbo has to endure. Uh-oh. <clears throat> it makes me think of the good old days. Happy birthday to you. You've sure grown out of your baby ways. Happy birthday to you. 29th birthday, wish you many more. Health and wealth and friends by the score. Cut the cake and let's eat some more. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, guy. That's what he did every year. That's what he'd sing to you on your birthday. Yeah, I feel like that was like a commercial from the 90s. Probably was. That's probably where he got it from. But uh, I also feel like I've definitely perfected his voice after having done it for like everyone's birthday in for the last like 15 years of my life. So you mastered no big it. deal. No you big deal. But happy birthday. I appreciate that, man. Nothing's better than I was actually thinking this earlier doing every year I, you know, there's, I'm just very thankful that I get to do something within baseball on my birthday every single year. And there's nothing else I would want to do. Um, just absolutely love it. So I appreciate it. And I'm so stoked to be here because there is so much baseball chatter right now that we could probably do like a 24 hour podcast. And then, you know, Aaron would drive him down to Georgia and, and hurt, hurt me. But, uh, um, we won't do that, but there is that much context, so we'll make a condensed version, and I'm just pumped. I'm writing down names that I love stat-wise, so I'm excited. I, I love this. Uh, last week, of course, we did not get to a podcast. I was in New York. I did not give Jimbo the courtesy of texting him and telling him I wasn't getting around to a podcast, so my bad. I know you were traveling on Thursday, um, but this week we've got a podcast and i'm sitting there on monday i'm like man i can't wait for the podcast and i text jimbo i'm like jimbo i can't wait or on tuesday i can't remember which day i texted you but i was like i'm so pumped and there's just a lot there's a lot that has happened in baseball and uh i said we we're going to start with prospects before we started this but i do think that we should start with the angels let's start with the angels let's start there so this isn't really going to be card related per se, but the angels are doing something. I don't think I have ever seen. They are so bad that they were 27 and 17 on May 23rd or something like that. They were 27 and 17 since that point, including a day with a double header. They've lost 14 straight games. They fired Joe Madden, and they even went so far as to play Nickelback for everyone's walk-up song yesterday, and then they proceeded to still lose one to nothing. 
Uh, Mike Trout has been slumping. It's 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 been as bad as it gets. And like I'm a Brewers fan, the Brewers have been struggling lately, and a lot of that has to do with injuries. Um, Freddie Peralta injured, Brandon Woodruff injured, Hunter Renfro injured, Willie Adamas injured, Omar Nevaez injured. Relievers going on the shelf. Luis Arias got injured the other day. Like we're missing Colton Wong is now day to day injured. We're missing so many guys. It's hard to compete. The Angels. I don't really think they have that excuse. Yeah, I don't know what they. It's funny because uh, before they went on this this uh, the skid, I was watching them quite a bit uh, for my West Coast team because I usually watch two games a night. And they were, I was like, man, they finally got pitching. They finally got some players around Trout, uh, some role players. Like, I was like, dude, this could be the year. I was thinking that in my head a couple of times I was watching them. And then it was short-lived, dude, literally. And then they went on a, what, 14-game skid? That's tough. But, hey, it's better to do it early. Yes, it is, than late. Hard to come back from that late. Um, the, The crazy thing is, like, on paper, David Fletcher and Tyler Taylor Ward and Brandon Marsh and Jared Walsh, right? Guys like that. They're really nice compliments to Anthony Rendon, Mike Trout, Shoei Otani, Noah Syndergaard. So like in your head, you're saying to yourself, yeah, this should be a pretty good team. This should be a pretty good team. Yeah. I mean, they have hit a skid like I've never seen 14 straight games. That's almost impossible to do. It's hard to win 14 straight games. It's hard to lose 14 straight games. And I didn't dive deep into their stats or anything, but their their starting pitching was probably the best I've ever seen in my lifetime. Uh, for, for the Angels? Yeah, because usually their starting pitching is like not good at all. Is that mm-hmm. what was part of their skid, or is it just everything? Um, hmm, Let me check. I haven't – I have not looked too deep into the Angels skid – just from a, a more of a more of a surface level, like, ooh, this is really bad than diving deep into it and saying, ooh. Um, but let's check, let's check out. Well, let's look at team OPSs here for their starting ro- lineup. 731 for Max Stasi, 745 for Jared Walsh, which is actually positive. Uh Luis Rengifo, 628, Andrew Velasquez, 480, Anthony Rendon, 738, Brandon Marsh, 639. Mike Trout, 989. Taylor Ward, who's now injured, 1,087. Otani, 765. They've got two guys above 800. Or not, yeah, above 800, and one of them is injured. Yeah. Um, one of their three big money guys, Anthony Rendon, injured. Dude, something about big money going to uh, to the Angels and just automatically curse. Yeah. So that's that's brutal. And then let's look up uh let's look up pitching stats here. Michael Lorenzen, three six nine ERA, fifty-three innings, Reed Detmers, three eight three ERA, forty-nine innings, Patrick Sandoval, two eight one ERA and forty-eight innings, Otani, three nine nine ERA and forty-seven innings, Syndergaard, three six nine ERA and forty-six innings. Their top five starters have under four ERAs. That's pretty good. Now the 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 where they're probably struggling, Rossiel Iglesias, four six six. The way I see it, and you can tell me if you disagree or agree with this, 
a three ERA for a pitcher, for a starting pitcher is good. A three ERA for like a reliever, it's kind of like, eh, it's okay, right? A four ERA for a starting pitcher is fine. A four ERA for a reliever is like, ugh, not very good. Do you get the same feeling I do? Uh, to me, relievers, and you know, I this is just my own take. You know, it, it it's all about like what you value. But for me, relievers ERA means nothing because you could have one bad game as a reliever, correct, and have to eat eat out like eat runs, and it ruins your ERA for the rest of the year. Well, uh, you can have you can have that as a starter. That, yeah, a thousand percent. But for me, it's as a reliever, it's more more of that. So like the way I look at that is. Uh, uh, like the holds or like, I like to break it down by the games, uh, which is, you know, you have to do a little more diving. Digging. Yeah. But uh, because if you think about it, if you're a closer, you're going in and if you're up two runs, you literally do not care if, if one run scores. It, the goal is not to give up two. So a lot of times, unless you're Josh Hader, then you care. Yeah. But so that, that's, you know, that's me over over you know overthinking it but uh, that's fair i guess from a take it take it a step back from a just very baseline level would you want a reliever with a four era um well i'm a tigers fan nate so four era is like hall of fame for us so yes i would that's fair i guess i guess the brewers have been pretty blessed yeah like 10 years like you are you have no idea how hard it is to have a bullpen like the brewers for as long as they have, like I have never experienced that in my life. Like we've had little glimpses, yeah, not like what the Brewers have had. Started with like Latroy Hawkins and Takashi Saito, and has just kept going. Where the Brewers just always have a couple good relievers in their bullpen at all times, whether it be Tyler Thornburg or Jim Henderson, um, John Axford. I mean, the list keeps going of guys that just pop out of nowhere, get really good. They trade them away. Will Smith. Yeah, I like Will Smith. Corey Knievel. Corey Knievel. Um, Devin Williams. Uh, There's a lot. Jeremy Jeffress. Like, Jeremy Jeffress had one of the best relieving years I've ever seen from a brewer. So it, it's there's been a ton of really good relievers. And, and to your point, I thank you for bringing that up because that is fair. When you're not a fan of when you're a fan of a team, it's really easy to say, oh, you know, Jim Henderson gave up six runs in one game and he's only given up 10 runs on the year and he's pitched 24 innings. He's actually really good. He just had one bad game. When you are not a fan of a team, it's a lot easier to just go look at the overlying stats and say, oh, four, six, six ERA for Rossiel Iglesias. That dude stinks. Yeah. 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 It's uh. It's fun. That's why I love baseball, though, because there's so many different perspectives. There's no right or wrong, and that's what that's why I really enjoy it, honestly. Uh, so, Rossio Iglesias has given up runs in five games. He's given up three runs twice, two runs once, and then a run in two different games. And he's pitched in 19, 22. So, he's had 17 games where he didn't give up a run. But he has had two games where he's given up three. So it's like, e. Yeah. I would rather uh, my reliever to give a bunch of runs up uh, in one game than to spread them out, personally. It's true. Of course, the unfortunate thing is 
the games he's given up three runs, they've lost three to four and seven to nine. See, that there's my yeah. So that's not good. Four ERA or not, that's not what you want out of a guy like that when when you need him. Like he's the, he's your go-to guy. You're supposed to bring him in and be confident. Mm-hmm. You're all that money and all that. So that's tough, man. I've lived I lived that life with as a Tigers fan for for a very long time. Yeah, every everyone the Tigers sign just instantly becomes bad if they're a reliever. It's just <laughs> not even worth it. I Corey Kniebel, Corey Kniebel would have been a terrible a terrible reliever if you guys would have kept him. Yeah. Fun fact: He was my dorm uh, roommate in spring training in 2014. Really? Yeah. That's cool. And then uh, uh, the kid for the Yankees, um, going blank. Get out of South Carolina. Oh, I'm going blank on his name too. But they both became really good relievers, and of course, you know they were traded from the Tigers. That, Michael know, King, that Holmes really. kid, Clay Holmes. No, it was it was back. He's been in the league for a while. Oh, all right. Well, I don't think I'm going to be able to come up with his name. Um, should we? Uh, so that was my Angels chat. They just been they've been atrocious. I wanted to bring it up. It's uh, I mean Joe Madden, a well respected manager, gets fired. Because of how bad they've been. I, I can't believe that. I, I don't know what their reasoning was for that because no matter like that's not a coach you do that to. So I don't It seems you, weird. Usually the scapegoat is going to be, you know, your hitting coach, your pitching coach, somebody along those lines is going to be your scapegoat yeah. first before before it's your manager, but they just love dude, the Angels love being you know, in the headlines. That's why they signed those big, you know, the big free agents. All, and I feel like they just, they care more about that than actually winning some games. Well, I, I I'll say this. There's a lot of moves I have not hated from the angels. And it still hasn't worked out. Yeah, but they don't, they don't do this, the, like the small moves. You know what I mean? They like don't. They that's don't. It's always swinging for the fences. Yeah. Like you, They're not bringing in, they're not bringing in um, Brad Boxberger on a minor league deal and getting a good season out of him. They're not bringing in, you know, a, a Brett Anderson or a Yuli Strasin or somebody like that and and getting bang for their buck and then being able to spend elsewhere. They're spending huge amounts of money on top-end guys and then having kind of scrub-ass players elsewhere. And especially with how bad their farm system has been for a while, not a ton of players to take those take those spaces from the miners. Whereas like the Brewers have had a bad farm system, but they've had really good depth. Um your buddy Heron Perez, uh guys like that, you know, where are they are they the most amazing major league players in the world? No. Are they major league players though? Because there's a difference between a major league player who deserves to be in the major leagues and a major league player who's really a quad A triple a guy that doesn't actually belong belong there and is not useful to your team and the brewers are always full of guys that are useful major league players and deserve to have a spot um one through 25 on their roster and so if guys go down you guys you have guys that can plug and play now if you have a million injuries like the brewers do right now well eventually that depth runs out but the angels i don't feel like have ever had that in my lifetime yeah no, Maybe I, 2002 when they won a World Series. I agree. All right, I got the name Chad Green. That's who it was. I went oh, blank. Chad Green. Okay. I've not thought about that name in a while. He was out of Louisville. 
Not South Carolina. Not South Carolina. I don't think there's someone else for that. But that, yeah, those two. They're goofy guys. But I digress. Cool, cool. All right. Well, let's move on to some prospect talk. I've got a couple of prospects I would like to talk about. Um, I'm assuming you have a couple prospects you'd like to talk about. I mean, I only wrote down 20 names, but um, I'll make sure to maybe cut it down to 18. I like it. A man of the people wants to get you out of here early as opposed to late. Well, I guess you have more than me, so you want to start off with one of yours? Yeah, let's do that. So I was going to bring up Gabriel Marino because I did a post of him yesterday. And then but, he got called up today. Yeah, which is crazy because I posted about it, and then he, he got called up uh, today. But I want to bring up someone different uh, because I feel like he'll, he'll be all over the, the uh this media and all that. I want to do someone where they're not being talked about a lot. So I'm going to bring up Austin Wells, who I have been watching for a while now. And this is an interesting one because I've heard a lot of good things about him before, like in the preseason about the Yankees loving him. He's a Yankees catcher, uh, first rounder back in 2020, I believe. And um, they said that he's, he's progressing really well behind the plate and this dude can hit though, which is making it even more intriguing. And I think this is why they, they didn't mind trading Gary Sanchez away. Some okay. of these some of the stat lines. So he's hitting 323. He has, oh man, now it's not really loading. Six homers. He is, yeah, six homers, 16 ribbies. Uh, your favorite one, he's over 1,000 OPS. We'll take that. Uh, seven doubles. Overall, he's just doing really, you know, the strikeouts are low. Uh, lower. Actually, no, his strikeouts are a little higher than I want. They're at, it's at 27%. Mm. He has a, I have, 90 bats. I have a question for you. What's up? I want to know your concern level here. So you like Austin Wells. He is a month. He's a month from turning 23. Yep. He's in high A. Catcher, high A, 23 years old. But he's a college bat who hit well in college. Are you concerned that either A, the Yankees are taking it too slow with him, B, Maybe they think he needs work on catching, and so they're not moving very quick because clearly his bat doesn't need any work in high A. Like, what's your concern level there where they bring him up to double A as a 23-year-old? Maybe he's in the majors as a 24-year-old end of the year. You know, maybe they start him. I don't know. But 24 catcher is pretty old from a, like, buying a Bowman Chrome prospect. Yeah. No, I I love this. I love that you asked that because – so this is not the, the typical person I would even bring up, but I like to, to, to bring up different players that maybe people would overlook because of those things, and here's why. So diving even deeper, they have another kid in their system that they love that they have in AA. I forget his name, but they like him a lot too. And with catchers, it's difficult because usually you want them on, you know, they, they move them up slower because they want them to be with the same rotation um, and really work on their, their catching and their calling the game calling and all that. So they'll keep them at a level and slowly 
move them up, but they want to keep them at a level where it's like one starting catcher that plays every single game. And then, you know, usually you have another catcher that's just kind of like a filler, not like a real actual prospect. Mm -hmm. And I like he, they even said that they could have had, they could have him at a higher level, but they're not worried about his bat at all. I think they already know what they're going to get with his bat, but they're working on his defensive skills. And that's why I'm not worried. But the fact that he's on the Yankees and I think his hitting will do well long term, especially in a just an absolutely tiny ballpark. Exactly. And he'll get that Yankees bump. And I just feel like he for for where his prices are value wise could be is why I like Austin Wells. And I wanted to bring someone up where maybe people don't talk about someone they don't talk about, not your. You know, you're the one, you know, I don't know. I like to bring up um, just, you know, different, different types of prospects. Yeah. Then you're, then you're Juan Soto's and you're Wander Franco's guys like that. I get it. Yeah. But um, no, all the concerns you have a thousand percent. And I'm glad you asked that because like, if he was on the, the Rays or the A's or even, you know, like something like that, I, he wouldn't even, I wouldn't even know his name. It's kind of like Tyler Soderstrom. Which is good I, player, I, yeah. What'd you say? Which I contradict myself because I actually do like Soderstrom. Well, I I like Tyler Soderstrom too, but like, but like, but like, whoa, some reverb there. Interesting. It's kind of still going. You think everyone I, else can hear that? Can you hear that? No, I think it's in your mind. Definitely ain't in my mind. I know that. Um, so Tyler Soderstrom, right? He's a 20-year-old catcher. First-round pick a couple years ago. Obviously very interesting. But he's a catcher for the A's. So no matter his age, I'm just not that interested at all. And so I, I appreciate that you bring that up. Because, like, yeah, if Tyler Soderstrom was on the Yankees, he'd be a lot more interesting to me than the A's. And Austin Wells kind of similar Similar thing, but I do think that maybe this is one of those, like, for me anyways, one of those definitely, definitely a player that I'd like to have on my major league team or minor league team, but maybe not so much a card I'd like to be invested in. Mm-hmm. No, I I 100% agree with, the uh, like, being questionable on that because it is, like, it's not one I would normally pick, but I just feel like there's a lot of like he could probably be in AAA right now, honestly, with with his skills. I don't know who they have in AAA, but I I think they were like, hey, we're gonna put him in high A, we're gonna let him sit there. Probably they probably already have a plan on moving him up just with like the other catchers, no matter how, no matter what the progression level is, because there's a lot of times where they have timelines already in place that they're gonna move certain players up no matter what, and that's usually around the draft. So when the draft and there's a lot of, let's say older minor leaguers that they'll have in their systems where they'll cut yep. or they'll use as um, uh, injury replacements. But once the draft happens, they get all these new players in and it's like a full on schedule. It's pretty crazy sitting in like a war room with, with, uh, with like the front office because it's very in depth. Um, and that's what I heard a lot in the off season. And that's why I'm not too concerned that he's only in high A. Okay, I like it. Um, I also think that there's definitely 
one of those things where I'm worried from an age standpoint because of, you know, people not wanting people not wanting catcher, people not wanting 24 year olds, 23 year olds, whatever. But if he hits really well, getting called up to double A, it doesn't matter his age and you could still sell at double A. You could sell at triple A and not have to even worry about people being like, ah, do I want to buy into a 24 year old catcher or 23 year old catcher in the majors? So, yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to my first prospect. And of course, we have not talked about him since the start of the year. So I had to talk about my boy, Everson Pereira. Yeah. That's what I think of his year so far. Uh, he has been really bad. He's repeating high A. You know, last year he played 27 games, he had 14 home runs. Uh, 1,030 OPS. Exit velocities were amazing. I was like, yeah, I'm in on this guy. I guess I should have probably listened to some of the uh, scouting reports because sometimes the old eye test, Jimbo, the old eye test, when you're not trained, fails you. And it has failed me hard because Everson Pereira is currently hitting 250 with a 345 on base and a 347 slugging. Yeah, it's not, not not good. I gotta pull his stuff up. I mean, we're talking about a dude who had a thousand plus OPS in twenty seven games in high A, and now he has a six hundred plus, you know, under seven hundred OPS in high A second time through. Um, then one nice thing is he's raised his walk rate slightly, and he's lowered his strikeout rate slightly. The really terrible thing is that he has a 353 batting average balls in play. So it's not like he's getting unlucky with like a 250 batting average balls in play. He's got a high batting average balls in play. He's just not getting to any power. He's running a .097 isolated power compared to last year when he ran a .417, which was obviously insanely high and unsustainable. But to go from that to this, huge disappointment. I don't know what happened to his power. I don't know where it's gone, but it has disappeared. Yeah. I I agree with, with all of that. Do you want me to play uh, the other side? If you want. If you can find some silver lining to give me, I'm all ears. All right. Let me... My thing is, he is playing in... Uh, where Where is that? Where... Where is he at? The high A? Yeah. HB. Where is that at? I do not know. Okay. Maybe I, I can't, can't find the other. Maybe he's yeah, lining. Maybe. See, yeah. I, normally if it was just like, oh, he's playing this level for the first time, it, whatever. But this is his second tr- go around of high A, and it is way worse. Yeah. And he actually hit better in April than May, which is scary. So it's not like he actually was, was doing pretty well in April and May was when it kind of went south. Yeah. Cause he, the first two weeks of the year, I was like, yeah, Everson Pereira home run, triple double. I'm excited for this guy. This is going to be fun. Get up to double a, let's see what you can do. Make big money. And He's absolutely tanked. Dude, he had 14 walks in May and one walk in June. It is June right now. 
Oh, sorry, sorry. Oh yeah, I meant okay. Sorry, I meant I thought it was I meant April to May. I was like, holy smokes, he's just not he's pressing. But no, never mind. He had ten and then fourteen. He did have a game where he had three walks. May eighteenth. Yeah. Man, I don't know. Oh. That's the that's the thing. Crazy thing with prospects, it can it can turn quickly, either way, bad mm-hmm. or good. And that's why part of me is like. For, well, I'll, I'll leave this for my next prospect. So I just wanted to give a little update on Everson Pereira. It has not been good. It has not been enjoyable to watch. It has not been enjoyable to follow along with. Uh, I'm I the dude was so good last year, and obviously everyone knew he wasn't going to keep up that power production. But I didn't think his power production would just completely fall off of a map. This was a dude that was hitting balls 110 plus miles per hour. You know. And uh, now we're at a point where way worse. I mean, yeah. let's let's get a price here. Twenty six dollars for a Bowman Chrome rookie auto. They used to be like eighty. Were they? Yeah. Uh, mo base a dollar thirty seven dollars. Mojo PSA nine three dollars. Purple Mojo twenty six bucks. Like oh, yeah, because. May 4th, he was hitting 308. So may the 4th be with you. To, you know, it went downhill from then. Yeah. Just a tough scene. A tough scene for me because I was the world's number one uh, Everson Pereira fan. So, so question for you, Nate. So, okay, so let's say May 4th, you know, this conversation would have been way different because he is hitting – he was hitting 308 on May 4th. With, you know, having a skid the last month or so and his prices are down and you were so high on him coming into the year, one bad month gives you, you know, maybe a buying opportunity, quote unquote. You're right. saying you don't like what you see at all and you would rather stay away than be like, hey, I believe in this guy. One bad month won't change my opinion. Well, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at. Last year almost seemed like a miracle. You know, the way he was hitting balls out of the park constantly seemed like it was too good to be true. Coming back down to earth now, I don't think he was a thousand OPS guy. I was hoping he could parlay that into a top hundred prospect and then I was going to sell whatever I had left. Coming back down to earth to a 690 OPS, I don't think he's that guy either. Neither do the Yankees because they protected him on their 40-man roster. But am I willing to bet that I needed him to be a top 100 list guy, right? And with this really bad month and how much he's going to have to fight to claw back into the good graces of both statistics and people, I don't know if, if he gets decently hot. And you know games are baseball is a game of runs. You get hot for a month, you cool off for a couple of weeks. You get hot for a week, you cool off. Like, it's going to take a lot of work just to get to a respectable stat line. And at that point, I don't think he makes a top 100 list. He's a year, he'll be a year older. He'll be 22 next year. Um, and probably a trade piece at the deadline at this point with how poorly he's doing. And if he's not in the Yankees, then I don't really want him, you know? No, I agree. I agree. Um, yeah, he had to come out and absolutely dominate 
this year being 21 at, at high A. But I will say at May, on May 31st, he was hitting 274. But I know what you mean. I'm in the same boat as you. Could not agree more. So I do think – I obviously, I think the talent is there. I just – I just – what I was banking on – like he can have a good year and you can still make money. From, you can make money from this point. $26 a base auto. He starts hitting hotter and people pay attention to his splits instead of his overall numbers. You can make money. Of course you can. But for, for what I was banking on was just making top 100 lists and then selling. I don't think that's going to happen anymore. And for that reason, you know, I'm, I'm just not in it. Yeah, no, I agree. But that was a. I like that one. That was a fun one to, because there are so many, so many ways you can go with that. Mm-hmm. Dude, I'm just looking at this, looking at my list. There are so many young players right now that I, I'm that I just believe in so much that baseball is so much fun right now, like prospecting wise. I don't think we, I've ever been, I've never seen this much talent down in the minors. Well, maybe I, I do think that there's a lot more media attention on it. If that makes sense. Number one, teams are a lot better at finding guys, right? Not wasting money on players that aren't good. Number two, players have a lot better nutrition and training programs and stuff. So you're going to see a lot better players younger. Number three, the media attention. Like there are way more prospect Twitter things today than when I started paying attention to prospects on Twitter like eight years ago, nine years ago, you know? Yeah. Like way more. I agree. I love it. So who's your next guy there, Jimbo? All right. I'm going to bring another one up that, that there are some red flags, but I kind of like that. I kind of like how uh, we can talk through it so we can, kind of explain what we're thinking. So I'm going to bring up a kid, Dominic Fletcher. Angel? Uh, Diamondback. Diamondback. Okay. I couldn't. I, I, I have first Bowman's of him somewhere around my uh, office. I couldn't remember. I knew it was somewhere out West. I knew they were a red team. Yeah. So, so let me tell you a little bit about him because I'm sure you're, you're probably pulling him up. So a little stat line, he's hitting 296 right now. Uh, 835 OPS. Wait, am I missing something here? Wait, wait, never mind. Sorry, 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 sorry. I was looking at his minors career. This year he's hitting, sorry, this is 2022. Yep. 337 average. Wait, what? I am missing something. What's going on here? Dominic Fletcher. Yeah, I got it pulled up here. Um, Which which website do you have? Which website do you have pulled up? Uh, majorleague.com. Interesting. You might be looking at me because he just got called up to triple, not just called up, but he, he was in double A and triple A. So I'm doing his entire stat line for the entire year. Oh, okay. 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 That makes way more sense. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're good. But they're, they're so similar since he's hitting well in both leagues. I, I usually just combine them to do yep. something where it's cool. So he's hitting 337 average. His OPS is at 969. He has eight home runs this year. Uh, three, or no, sorry, five triples. Uh, four stolen bases caught three times. Maybe, uh, maybe 
less, yeah, maybe not try and steal so much. And yeah, overall, like them. It's an interesting, it's an interesting one because I also have some red flags, but I'll let you, what's your thoughts? Well, to start, he's got over a 10% walk rate. I like that. He's got under 20% K rate. I like that. So we're good there. That's in AAA. Um, and it's pretty close in double a 9.2 and 17.6. So like, uh, those are good. I, I'm a big fan starting right there. Uh, from there, a couple other things getting to uh, above average isolated power in the two hundreds. That's nice to see. And last year was even pretty good. 182. That's still above average. So he's raised his walk rate. He's lowered his strikeout rate. He's raised his power output. All good things for me. One thing to be concerned about, batting average balls in play, 385 in AA, 389 in AAA. And remember, that doesn't take into account home runs because those are not technically in play. So, like, this is drastically this is drastically high considering this is a dude who has eight home runs already. Yeah. Um, I would expect that would be the red flag that I'd be like, yeah, this is this is gonna come back down. But yeah. what's up but for you? What are these red flags you've got? Yeah. Uh, so my red flags are, you know, 24 year old. Yep. Diamondbacks. Ugh. Even though yep. I was with Diamondbacks. Ugh. Uh, but here's another, you know, I'm a big believer in the weather and in, in leagues and stuff like that. So he probably plays in the easiest place to hit in all of baseball uh amarillo well not all of baseball because Coors field Coors field in colorado but their double a the diamondbacks double a park in uh amarillo the ball absolutely flies same with reno in triple a mm-hmm. so like the pcl is the triple a league out west and the texas league and double a and then also the cali league down in florida or the cali league for the single a like their number, the the batting is always skewed. So he's hitting very well right now, which you can't discredit him for that because you still have to go out there and hit the ball and all of that. But they are definitely inflated. Like if he was playing in Charlotte or Buffalo or Toledo or something like that, I highly doubt they would have the same numbers. But so those are my red flags. A little bit of an interesting thing here. In AAA, so in AA this year, he had a 33% line drive rate, 36% ground ball rate, 30% fly ball, like one third, one third, one third, basically his ground ball. And before that double a in 2021, 41% ground ball rate, single a 41% ground ball rate. Well, this year in triple a, he's 52.8% ground ball rate. So you could say that he's just maybe getting on top of ball a little bit too much and getting a little bit unlucky from like a batted ball profile standpoint, like he still has an insanely high BABIP. So he's, he's sneaking through, he's sneaking those ground balls through. But if he were to lower that ground ball rate to even a career average, I think these stats would be a lot better. Oh, I like that. I didn't even dive that deep. That's why this is so much fun because there there's levels. Yeah. There's so many levels. Um, so that's what, that's what makes this interesting. It's like, all right, stats are worse than double a to be expected. He's in triple a, but then 
hey, he's 24 in AAA. I expect good stats. Oh, he's also in the PCL. I expect really good stats. And his stats have dropped from AA. Uh, and then you go down a little bit farther, and you're like, well, I mean, 52% ground ball rate, that's kind of like probably really – I mean, he's he's definitely – you don't run a 385 BABIP with that high of ground balls unless some are sneaking through, right? It's just impossible. But but I do think that if he reverts back, drops, a, say, 11% off that ground ball rate, gets more line drives, fly balls – you're looking at a dude who is hitting better in AAA and in more along the lines of what you'd expect from a dude playing in the PCL. Mm-hmm. No, 100% agree. And the reason why I bring up someone like like him is in relative terms of like his prices, where, where if his prices were higher for his cards, I'd be like, nah, stay away. But that's his stuff is so cheap that if he just does a, like it doesn't it won't do much like it won't take much for him there's a lot of wiggle room on opportunity i feel like with his cards there's not a lot of risk um it gets i like that i like the risk i like the risk standpoint that you just brought up because obviously you can buy these and you know who knows what the diamondbacks do yeah but if you're not spending a ton of money then it doesn't really matter Exactly. And that's why I like not to, to change it up like a Jordan Lawler. Love him as a player, but you're paying a pretty high premium for him for him to be on the Diamondbacks, which, you know, I believe in him long term, all of that. But that's like more of a higher risk because you're paying more of a premium with a Dominic Fletcher. It's like it's just so low that it's like, OK, if he has a good week or two, he's in the headlines. Well, you're paying a, you're paying a premium for Jordan Lawler because. Me and a lot of other people are definitely assuming that he's going to be a top ten prospect starting next year. Couldn't agree. Couldn't agree. Like I love Lawler. Not saying I don't, but I'm just the the differences of that. Yeah. Like, I just absolutely. I just wanted to point that out. I get what you're saying. Like you, if you're paying that high of a price for Lawler, you have to have him be a top ten prospect. You have to have him be a star. If you're paying a tiny minuscule price for Dominic Fletcher, you don't need him to be a star. You just need him to have a good week stretch, two-week stretch. doesn't even need to be in the majors. It can be in spring training. Thank you. Yeah. Before no, you, Matt Weiss. Exactly. Yeah, you explain that way better than how I would be uh, explaining that. thousand percent. So, hey, perfect. Uh, real quick on Dominic Fletcher, one last thought for you. Are you concerned? So they've got Alec Thomas. Obviously, he's up right now in the majors. Center field has five bombs, had a two-run home he, he might have more than five bombs. I haven't actually checked in a couple days. Um, but he had a two-home run game the other day. Uh, they have Dalton Varsho, who doesn't always catch and plays a decent amount of outfield. So you got to expect him to be out there half the time or two-thirds of the time in the outfield and the other third at catcher. You've got David Peralta, and he might be a free agent at the end of the year. Who knows um, on him? But he's still there. You also have Corbin Carroll. Uh, so that's three guys, David, David Peralta, Alec Thomas, Corbin Carroll, and then Dalton Varsho. That's four guys for three spots, DH. Are you worried? And, and obviously injuries happen all the time. You know, uh, the the Blue Jays are calling up Gabriel Moreno. I thought he was going to be a trade chip instead of actually getting called up. So, like, things happen. 
in baseball all the time. And Dominic Fletcher can definitely get some playing time. That being said, do you worry that with the guys in front of him, specifically Alec Thomas and Corbin Carroll and Dalton Varsho is showing enough with the bat where you have to play him and you should probably play him in the outfield so he doesn't get the wear and tear of catcher, but use him as your backup catcher when he's not playing because you got to keep the bat in there. It's like, you know, are you worried that he's not going to have room? And it's he's not the type of guy. None of those guys are the type of guys you slot in at DH. Yeah. So, no, I love that question because it's situational where normally, yes. Normally, yes, but with his situation, it is a quick flip. I'm not holding Dominic Fletcher. Like, I, if I had his stuff, I wouldn't hold it long term. It'd be gets called up, does something, list it, and you're out. Okay. So, like, he's probably going to get called up if there's an injury or something like that. But long term, absolutely. Like, if he was someone where you're you're paying a premium for, it. but something someone like that where it's just a lower, I not not really because I'm moving right away. All right. Like, I don't. Want- I like it, and and I am uh, in a hundred percent agreement. It's okay. I mean, it's it's more difficult. It's definitely more difficult because banking on banking on a guy having a two week hot stretch instead of having a full season a full good season is a lot more difficult to find exactly. and you have to be paying attention because if you're not if you're buying dominic fletcher and you're not paying attention to the diamondbacks he might have had a two-week hot stretch and you just never thought about his name ever and don't get it sold yeah yep that's why uh gotta stay on top of it yep and that's why some people don't like to for players like that because you do have to stay on top of it and if i was traveling like crazy and all that like i'd stay away from players like that but if i know i'm going to be home for a stretch or you know that i can keep an eye on it then i have those ready to go i like it and and that that is what it takes you got to be home if you're if you're gone and you can't be around your ebay account or your pwcc account shout out or uh check out my cards or anything like that a tough scene, but you know, what are you going to do? All right, let's move on to my next prospect, Jackson Churio Brewers. Of course, if you are a fan of the program, you have heard me talk about Jackson Churio before, probably multiple times. Let me share a story with you guys. So before the season on this very podcast, I discussed Jackson Churio and, or not before the season, but in the first month of the season, I discussed Jackson Churio before 2022 Bowman baseball came out and what we were talking about was how he had 105 mile per hour, 105 mile per hour exit velocity home run and 106 mile per hour exit velocity home run back to back games in extended spring training. And I said to myself, okay, 18 years old, hitting the ball that hard. I don't care about anything else. I will take a flyer on this guy when he comes out in 2022 Bowman. And I was in on him. And you guys know that. You heard me talk about it. Uh, Jimbo loves him. I love him. Here for Jackson Trario. Well, these cards come out. They're a little bit high for me at the start. I'm like, all right, I'll wait a couple weeks. I'll wait a couple weeks. I'm not going to buy $100 greens or $80 greens right now, $100 blues. I'm going to wait a little bit, let these prices come down into like the $60 blue section, $50 green, whatever, and then feast. Well, I missed my shot because he not only did not cool off at all, but more people started talking about him and including Baseball America. I kid you not, 
almost every single day I'd see a tweet from Baseball America about Jackson Churio. And they loved him so much, they moved him from off their top 100 at the start of the season to number 47 within two months. That's crazy. Two months of him playing above extended spring training has him moving from off the top 100 to number 47. And some of the things I heard, one of their guys was talking about how he he could not believe what he was seeing was was a direct quote for him or close enough to a direct quote. Uh, he's He was basically like, I went in at this guy and usually, you know, you know pretty much everything about every player that's going to come through because you've seen him so much or you've heard so many things. He's like, Jackson Churio got up and I was not expecting what I saw. He's like, he was so mature, so advanced, hit the ball so hard, had such a good eye at the plate. It was, he, he said it was insane. He was watching, he was basically watching like, a future one of those guys that you know is going to be a future top 10 prospect in Jackson Churio. That's how good his bat was. And he was the youngest player. I kid you not the youngest player in my, in major in minor league baseball, Jackson Churio to start the year. And then you add on top of that, a couple stats and let's see if I saved them on Twitter real quick, because if I did, I'll read them straight off to you. If I did not, I will give you a brief synopsis um, but I do think I do think I saved him. Okay, so uh, here we go. Highest WRC plus. This is June first. Highest WRC plus for an 18 year old in a ball. Minimum 100 plate appearances since 2015. Wander Franco had a 155 WRC plus. Fernando Tatis 154. Vlad Guerrero 151. Julio Rodriguez 145. Ronald Lucuna 139. In the middle there at 150, Jackson Churio. That's not just a cherry-picked list. That Those are the highest. It is Wander, Fernando, Vlad, Julio, Ronald. All absolute stars in baseball right now at young ages. In the middle of those guys is Jackson Churio. Now, one thing to point out is that it is BayBip-fueled. He has a 457 BayBip on those stats. Somebody like Wander Franco... With his 850 or his 155 WRC plus had a 318 baby. So, like, there is some luck here, obviously, but these were these are insane. And he had a two run, two home run game the other day, which was amazing. Just, just some crazy, crazy stuff from Jackson Churio. And one other stat I saw was, and this is kind of ridiculous, but he had already had two four hit games in single a as an 18 year old vlad acuna tatis wander combined for four in their 18 age season he had two by himself and he'll probably get more and, and you said single a what what uh what league is that is the brewer single a carolina oh yeah i was thinking that it was the midwest league yeah they switched so high a is now the midwest league it used to be it used to be low A was Midwest Midwest league for a long time. And then they, the MLB decided they hated minor leaguers and wanted to get rid of a bunch of jobs and cut a bunch of teams. And that whole big thing happened. And then we got shifted around and now Midwest league is high. A Carolina league is low A, but those stats as an 18 year old in the same league that those other guys are playing in as 18 year olds. And it's just as good. Now there is, there is a couple there's a couple of red flags there. Obviously, the Bay Bip 
And also his walk rate is not nearly as good as other guys. It's as good as Julio's. And his K percentage is as good as Julio's. But like the BABIP is obviously insanely high. What's crazy to me is he has an 895 OPS. Vlad had an 888, Julio 850, Acuna 819, you know, Tatis 910, and Wander 896. And nowadays, let's see, let's get a little update. Nowadays, that was June 1st. He has 1,008 OPS now as an 18-year-old who turned 18 in February. I mean, he's 18 years and three months old in two days. How insane is that? He turned actually it was a March birthday. It was a March birthday. My bad. Not February. I I've liked I've liked him for uh since you told me about him, I looked him up and then these stats. Pretty sure he was minor one of the minor league players of the week last week or two weeks ago. He um, was. I don't I don't remember which week it was, but he was. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's very impressive. Very impressive. Um, when you're ready to tran- uh, transition into the next thing, I got something perfect to transition with Jackson Cheerio into the next one. Okay, I like it. Uh, and real quick, you know, Jackson Cheerio, the way I invest in Everson Pereira is I couldn't find many stats on him in extended spring training, but I saw some exit velocities and I said, yeah, worth it. Just take a shot. If somebody's hitting the ball hard, I'm willing to bet that they can put up good numbers in able. I like that. And then sell. And same thing with Jackson Churio. Can't find any numbers. The only thing I could find were exit velocity. And I said, 18 years old, hitting the ball this hard. All right, I'm in. Now, of course, we only ended up with one Jackson Churio card as a company, and I ended up with zero myself. But I'm still in on him, and uh, I still we will still be looking for cards to buy of his. No doubt. So... Keep that in mind. The dude is a stud. He doesn't have any autos. I do fully expect him to get autos at some point, whether it be 2022 Bowman Chrome or 2023 Bowman Baseball. I expect there to be autos at some point of him, just without the first logo. Which makes his uh, his Bowman Chrome first even more rare because there's half of the supply, half the print run, which mm-hmm. I absolutely love these days. Sneaky plays. I like it. Well, uh, Jimbo, that's the last of my prospects. Why don't you go with one more? Are you sure we we're uh, we're at fifty four? Yeah, yeah. Go with go with one more. Go with one more, and then I'll end on a little rant. And then look at this. Goodness gracious, Jimbo's showing me his his notebook right now, and he's got a notebook of I would say eighty names. It's probably probably more names on there. So much opportunity right now. Um, but all right, I'll pick another one. Um, I would bring up Riley Green because he's back and he's abs- and he looks great, but I'm not going to bring him up. Huh. How about we go with a fun one? Dude, there's so many. It's like, what kind of – you're in a candy store. Which kind of candy do you want? Hmm. All up to you. All right. Let's go with one that's totally left field. Okay. I like it. I, I can almost guarantee no one's really talked about, and it's a little bit of a homer pick, but it's my birthday, so go Tigers. Colt Keith. Ooh, Colt Keith just pulled just pulled a card of his the other – or not pulled. Somebody asked me about him the other day. 
on our uh, PWCC Sunday night live stream. Talked about Cole Keith, and that's about a Cardi bot. Cole Keith's killing it. Dude, crushing it. And, all right, so he's a 20-year-old. Woo! It is storming where I'm at. I don't know if you can hear that. What was that noise? Was that thunder? thunder. Or was that, that was thunder? Yeah. It sounded like something fell. Yeah, I know. That's thunder. It rains once a day here where I'm at. I'm right on the coast. So, um, All right, Cole Keith. 20-year-old in the Med West League, which you know, I'm, you know, you know my ask, my thought process on that. So high A, West Michigan. He's been playing where it's been snowing and cold. He's hitting 297. OPS 909, which I know you like that. Mm-hmm. Nine homers, which is not easy to do in the Midwest League or really anywhere for how at, with uh, with 192 at bats, 30, 31 ribbies, 22 walks, strikeouts, kind of high fit at 42 uh, with 192 at bats, um, three triples, 14 doubles. Overall, just pretty pretty impressive considering he wasn't someone that was supposed to be doing this. Yeah, and he's a tiger, so I, you know I love no. that. Now his prices are exploding. We're talking base auto fifty two bucks. Purple oh, auto just sold fixed price one hundred and ten June 9th. June 9th. My birthday. So shout out. Good day. I didn't know that his stuff went that high, dude. Literally, you could you could have picked up his stuff in a dollar box. Gold Gold Wave Auto two hundred fifty dollars May thirtieth. Let's scroll back a little bit. Let's find the first. So two hundred. 200 and actually let's look up a purple auto. I'll make it easier. Um, Oh, I before E except after C Keith, come on, figure it out. Let's see. Uh, last November you could have bought a auto for $31. Oh, $41, $50, $75 in February. PSA nine forty six dollars in March, so I mean it's still pretty expensive, honestly. Sixty bucks for a purple. Okay, I didn't look at his prices recently. Um, I didn't think any dude. It's it's awesome though. Like a couple of years ago, guys like this, people their stuff would be so cheap. It's awesome that that people are really diving deep in in looking at stats and the miners and prospecting. So that honestly, that that makes it even. I don't know. I feel giddy about that. That's awesome. <laughs> Uh, real quick, January fifteenth of twenty twenty one, gold wave, gold wave auto sixty two dollars. So if you were willing to hold on to it for a year and a half, you'd be doing all right. Or you could have done what my brother did, and we were opening Topps Chrome Galaxy Star Wars. We opened Aaron and I opened a bunch of it on our on our uh, break streams, and my brothers loved it, and they jump in and buy packs every once in a while for their kids, and then my slab stock sam if anybody knows him uh he found some cards that he just loved and so he just bought them and he bought this jedi uh jet all about jedi Karasara or something like that blue wave numbered to 99 for 40 bucks and like five months later that card is 350 dollars raw and an sgc 10 the other day sold for a thousand one hundred bucks 
insanity. That's wild. So who needs to buy Colt Keith when you could have just bought Star Wars? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I love Star Wars, but I don't know. Crazy to me. Well, I don't really have anything to add to Colt Keith. I mean, prices are pretty expensive, but you see it. He's a, he, a, he was a fifth round draft pick in 2020. There was only five rounds. So that's a nice snag right there. And, um, he's got a 909 OPS. So we'll see, we'll see where he goes from here. I am, I consider me, consider me intrigued. I love seeing the excitement when you're intrigued. That's a good thing. That is a good thing. All right. Let's uh, let's end it off real quick. One little rant. I was going to spend more time on this, but I guess I'm not today. I've got a slight rant. And over this past weekend, it seemed to come to a fever pitch that people were out on Juan Soto. Like, oh, Juan Soto's trash. Juan Soto this. Is Juan Soto going to hit over 200 for the year? Is he going to be able to get up to 270 batting average? Blah, 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 blah. Okay? And it was it was absurd to me how much how much Juan Soto shenanigans were coming out there. And yes, he is not hitting that well. Okay? He's not. Especially against lefties. He has a 656 OPS against lefties right now. That being said, did we not just watch and and Juan Soto was one of my more more disappointing players last year, the first half of the season, and people gave me a hard time. But I was like, look, you're Juan Soto. I expect bigger and better things. And to that point, I do I do agree. I get it. People are disappointed. But if we didn't have last year, then I'd be like, ugh. But we have last year to point to. We saw what he did. Nobody come talk to me about protection in the lineup because we saw what he did when he got rid of all of his protection in the lineup last year. The dude is amazing. He went on an insane run in the second half. At least give Juan Soto, of all people, the benefit of the doubt and wait until the second half of the season, until like September, to finally say, oh, Juan Soto is washed. Juan Soto isn't very good anymore. Juan Soto this, Juan Soto that. We are talking about an all-time great here. We're talking about a guy who has the best eye in the league. That's not going anywhere. He will be fine. And the people that are freaking out are, are so absurd. And honestly, if you're freaking out about Juan Soto, you shouldn't be buying baseball cards. You should yeah. go to basketball. You should go to football. Because if you're concerned about Juan Soto, of all people, you will be concerned about every single player that's ever walked the face of the earth. So that's my rant. Don't worry about the young guys. If they have talent, that talent will come through eventually. Wander Franco is struggling a little bit. Yeah, still a positive OPS. Blackrow Jr. is struggling a little bit. Yeah, still a positive OPS. Luis Robert is struggling. Still a positive OPS. The list keeps going and going and going of young guys that are struggling. But, like, some of these guys give a little less leeway. Juan Soto, he's earned. He's earned leeway. You've seen it last year. You saw what he did in 2020. He won a championship. You've seen what he did at the age of 19 and 20. You know, he's been incredible. There's no reason. There's no reason for people to go out there and be like, Juan Soto, 
oh, he kind of stinks right now. I, I uh, might have to cut bait. If you cut bait, I'll buy your Juan Soto's. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I, he would be the very last person I'd be worried about. Um, but there's a lot I could say about it. I'm going to bring up just two things. One, the baseballs are definitely not – they did some of the baseballs this year where they're not – they're not juiced. They did something to bring them even lower than the normal level. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing that in the numbers, I think. Uh, two, it's early. I mean, it's June, June 9th. It's very early. He's playing in Washington, D.C. Uh, it's just now probably heating up out there. Uh, and the thing that I was going to bring up when you were talking about Jackson Cheerio that I said a great transition because I knew, I knew that you were going to bring this up was – this is not a knock on Jackson Cheerio at all because I absolutely love that kid. But he's 18 years old. Juan Soto was in the major leagues at 19, putting up crazy numbers. Juan mm-hmm. Soto is three years old right now. Has a World Series under his belt, almost won MVP last year, batting titles, all that. He's 23 years old. He's a year younger than Adley Rushman and a lot of these other prospects. So if people are worried, then it's not your game. Like, that's okay. Sell. Sell. But, I mean, I wouldn't recommend it, but that's me all I either. Craziness. Craziness to me. And so it's just it's just so frustrating because it's like if Juan Soto hasn't earned people's respect and ability to not overreact to two months of a season, if Juan Soto hasn't earned that, then the only person who's earned that above him is Mike Trout. And nobody else deserves any any like, oh, he's going to bounce back. And who else is in the lineup to protect Juan Soto? Like, though, why would you even give Juan Soto a strike? Though, to be fair, you know, I'm not, I, I don't, I'm not too worried about that because Juan Soto is so good. He will, he will get those, he will get those hits because he did it last year. Yeah. But just saying like, in general, like, like if I was a pitcher, there's no way I'm throwing him. Yeah. Strike. You're not, you're not, you, you, no. you, he has to punish mistakes. It's like Barry Bonds back in the day. Yeah. Barry Bonds was hitting home runs because either nobody was on base or because the pitcher was trying to play around the edges and accidentally left one over the middle. And then he didn't. He just couldn't. He didn't miss. He'd get one pitch to hit, and he wouldn't miss. And Juan Soto will get there. He's talented enough where that one pitch he gets to hit, he will hit it. Yeah, not worried about Juan Soto. Yeah. So, And if push comes to shove, he'll get traded. Don't expect him to be on the Nationals forever. He will end up going to a big market, Dodgers or Yankees, and those cards will explode even more in price. Yeah. So, all right. With that little rant. So, I don't know if we're ending this or not, but one thing I do want to bring up, rookie ball started this week. So, a lot of these prospects that people are buying card-wise that you know. You're like, why don't you know? Why aren't there any uh, any stats on these guys? Well, you're going to start seeing them now because the rookie ball started. Keep an eye on them. Get those guys. Get them early. Before you know, they they have a bunch of stats, and uh, that's all I got to say. I love when rookie ball starts. That's when it gets interesting. Yeah, me too. And it's always nice because they're always like, ah, oh, I wonder how you know Victor Acosta. We'll bring him up again. I wonder how Victor Acosta is doing. You look him up. Oh, no stats. All right. You look him back up a month later. Ah, no stats still. Okay. When, when are we going to get rookie ball start? When is he going to get called up? 
Well, now we're finally getting stats for these guys like this. So I'm pumped. I'm super excited to finally have full season stats for everyone and everyone that has a Bowman Chrome card, unless you're injured. I agree. And, and one other thing uh, that I, I forgot to bring up earlier, as you got, as people probably listening know, I'm with the Roadshow crew. I'm with uh, the Kentucky Roadshow, Jimmy over there in Kentucky. Um, Roadshow breaks all that. But we are actually finally opening our Texas location in Dallas. So if you're in Dallas, the Dallas location, we will be opening uh, next week, the June 15th, if anyone's interested. Uh, our Instagram is road, uh, Roadshow Cards, and for any updates there, if you want to, if, if you have any questions, a lot of the stuff will be on our Instagram over there. If anyone's in the Dallas area, yeah. And if you are in the Dallas area, I would suggest going. Uh, us at Slab Stocks, we don't usually work with people unless we really like them. So that's a testament to a Jimbo. Really like Jimbo. Jimbo's a great guy, and B testament to the roadshow group because they only hire really good really good people and everyone i've met over at from jimmy on down everyone is super nice and you will have a wonderful time at the texas roadshow i can guarantee it or the california roadshow or the kentucky roadshow or the new york roadshow anywhere you walk into they will be kind to you they will be gracious to you and uh that's all you can ask for out of a car job. A good place to have some fun. Yep. I agree. All right, Jimbo. Um, well, besides besides the, the roadshow, any other last words? Nope. Just uh happy baseball and man. There's a lot of prospects prospects right now that, that are interesting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, for me, I want to thank everyone for listening this week. And also, if you are listening to this on Friday, please DM Jimbo a happy belated birthday as it will only be one day past, so he will still be able to revel in the birthday cheer there. Oh, yeah. But uh, otherwise, happy birthday, Jimbo, and uh, happy Friday to everyone else. And uh, hope to you guys all have a wonderful weekend. See ya.